0: Justin is off to see Joe Jonas and his brothers. And I'm going to keep saying that because that might be our only chance at search engine optimization after another blown bullpen performance. We'll talk about the bullpen and we'll talk about Tanner Bybee's place in history on today's Locked on Guardians. You are locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, and thank you to all of our everydayers out there. Special shout out to Kurt Smith. Noticed we had a lot of comments. Still a big fan of Miles Naylor. I see, Kurt. Uh, But I just wanted to say, again, thank you. We know that uh, with the Browns game and everything else going on in the season, kind of puttering to an end, uh, that not always does everyone want to talk baseball. So we really, really appreciate everyone who is sticking with us right now. Uh, and we do want to take a moment and say today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself and purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical dot com. So, listen, this is an exciting game to watch from work. I kept getting uh, yanked out, so I didn't get a chance to watch all of these with San Diego now having won four in a row and Cleveland having lost. And again, you know, you can see part three on the show. We'll get to eventually the, this team is consistently inconsistent. Uh, they're up to the 11th pick in the draft. Listen, I i am not going to get frustrated wins and losses. This team has been out of it since pretty much the all-star break. Uh, you, we had some hopes, but this, this is so, this is 2019 all over again. Right. This is except for twenty nineteen they peaked a little later. But this is the same issues. It is the same team. Uh it is the same problems. And twenty twenty was a weird year. Uh twenty twenty one, they, you know, had to they lost some of that high end talent. And then twenty twenty two everything broke right. Uh, and this year it's not that everything broke wrong, but I'm gonna again point out you have a five man rotation. Shane Bieber was not himself when he pitched. And that's two out of three years that dude has missed more than half the year. That's a concern. Tristan McKenzie gets all of 10 innings in. Cal Quantrell, good start today. You know, we'll get into this game. But the last three starts have been good. Very encouraging in that regard. I'm going to take a positive growth in that, that he is more like the guy we saw the last two years, as opposed to the guy in the first half who kept trying to pitch through injuries and just make it worse. So that's three guys with injury problems. Your fourth guy, Aaron Zavale, Missed a month with injury, as he always does. He's been pitching great for the Rays of late. But again, with where he is in terms of team control, I am so happy with that trade. This team didn't need pitching. It needed hitting. And the hope in a year is that Manzardo is going to be a big part of this lineup. Uh, They they got along fine without pitching. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if Tampa would say that it was willing to wait a month and get it, because they wouldn't have got Giolito. But when you look at the cost of acquiring Giolito, Who's a civil, you know, similar level arm, but with a higher peak. And yes, there's the difference in team control. But Savali at four. That's that's four for four in missing a month or more with injury. And Plea was your fifth starter. Let's be honest. He was in there with the hope that he could recover some value and be traded. Since that amazing 2020 year, he's just been on steady decline to the point that when he was free, no team wanted him. Any team could have claimed him, nobody wanted him. I, he will probably be designated for assignment in the off season because they're not going to want to pay him and no one's going to offer. He's going to have to go to camp on an invite somewhere. It'll be interesting to see. So that is your rotation. That is not who you have at the end of the year. It's kind of amazing that they are, you know, as close to 500 as they are with just those test cases. Not to mention the fact that what we talked about last time I had a show, everyone on this team regressed. Everyone is having a worse year than a year ago hitters, pitchers, relievers, everyone. So this is a, yeah, it's not a great year, but it, this could have been a lot worse. And maybe in some regards, I wish it was. It'd be nice if they were a little bit higher. Detroit, by the way, has now won four in a row. Uh, there is a chance Detroit will pass Cleveland in the uh, rankings before this is all said and done. Something to pay attention to. Cleveland had Kansas City. Kansas City is not good. They are... Really not good. If we're looking at the tankathon rankings, they are two games behind Oakland for the worst record in baseball. They've already lost 102 games, and Cleveland somehow has not swept them this year (laughs) in all of their contests. And they won't now that, that this one's gone sideways. But Cleveland just can't seem to take care of business when they're facing the Royals. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. A good team sweeps teams like this. A good team, again, sweeps teams like this. And I keep repeating it. Because Cleveland's had the two sweeps this year. One weirdly against Texas uh, last weekend. And then, gosh, who was the others? I'm blanking out on the, was it the Angels? No, I can't remember now who they swept before. Was it Kansas City? Did they get one sweep against them? I can't remember now. But it's just their second sweep of the year. They they can't win four games in a row. That's not going to happen. Uh, but right now, again, with the 11th pick. So how do I stay positive? I know people are like, you're not being positive. but I still enjoy watching baseball games while you have them. Uh, Trevor Stefan, no oh boy. Like, how does he get left out there? Like <laughs> Dude can't find the zone. So we're going to leave him out for. And we had this happen a few weeks ago as well with him where he gets to two outs. And all of a sudden it's like he can't find the zone anymore. His command completely deserts him. And I wanted to see exactly what the sequence is. So it, I'm sorry, it was the walk, pop out, line out, and then walk, hit by pitch, and a walk. How is he still in there for that (laughs) walk after he, you know, walk, pop out, line out a walk, someone needs to be up. And then you slow play it because we know this has happened before and it's happened recently hit by pitch. By the time that happens, he shouldn't be in there to face Massey. You, you, you really slow play it. You do things and, and, you know, I'm looking at the box score right now in here and I'm just trying to figure out like, when was a mound visit i'm trying to i I unfortunately got pulled out for part of this inning uh in the espn box score which i used because mlb changed all their stuff this for this season and it's hot trash uh it doesn't say exactly when that happens but yeah it's i mean trevor seven it's weird how his command completely disappears with two outs multiple times cleveland showed that uh porter the catcher for kansas city logan porter Uh, apparently can't throw anyone out. I know he did throw out Jimenez, but that is the most active. I feel like I've seen them on the bases all year. Quantrell, great. Um, Ronaldo Lopez is only one batter, but it's three pitches. It's almost like, why didn't he stay out? Like, kind of curious why you go to him for, you know, in that situation. Again, I missed part of that inning, so there could be something I missed um, when it comes to what happened there. But I I don't know. I don't know why they made that choice to not bring him back out, why he only faced Logan Porter. And again, Porter is is, you know, a bottom of the lineup guy. I know his stats are good right now, but he's bottom of the lineup for a bad team. Overall for Cleveland, let's go back to what I used to do back in the day. You know, who reached base twice in this game? Well, Jose had a hit and two walks, three hits by Jimenez. I keep hoping to see a positive sign. We'll see if he can maintain it. Uh, two hits by Brennan, and then uh, Naylor with a hit and a walk. You had Calhoun and Naylor with extra base hits. Gabby with his tenth home run. Again, you think about what how little he's played this year. Uh, Gabby Arias, you got to think in a full season he would be on pace for you know twenty home runs. He's had three hundred twenty three plate appearances, one hundred sixteen games. I mean, I, I think you can project twenty home runs to him with with his defense. It comes down to this. I guess my question is Are you willing to take less on base skills for more power and defense? Like, I think he'll be a little bit more valuable than Ahmed was. And I'm willing to do that, especially with this team. But I, I'm just kind of curious what other people's thoughts are when it comes to Gabby versus Ahmed. Are you willing to go defense and power over getting up, trying out the pause function for a cough there? In the old box score bingo they used to do nine hits, four walks. That's 13 opportunities. 13 opportunities should be four runs. That's what they got. Kansas City had six hits, three walks. That's nine opportunities. Uh, the hit by pitch gives them ten, but still, that should that should only be about three runs, and they got six. And it's because it all happened at once. Uh, it was just one bad inning that they piled on with the stolen bases. This is a game Cleveland should have won. Going back to again, this is making an old timey show. My three stars in this one. You know, I'm not. I, don't don't think I specifically said Sam Hentges he's not going to be a star but again he just continues to have these really strong outings down the stretch but I think you got to give it to Quantrell for his five and two thirds with you know two earned runs just five hits didn't walk anyone and that's the important part to see with him when he does not do damage to himself Andre Jimenez um, for his three hits and the stolen base and then didn't we have another uh, Stephen Quan base running issue or is that yesterday's game where he's got he got thrown out third weirdly in this one. He's got to stop getting thrown out third. I believe that was in today's game. Um, and I'm half tempted to give it to Gabby just for the home run in this situation, but let's give it to Will Brandon for having a multi hit game. Uh, the only person other than Andres Jimenez who had a multi hit game in this one, Cleveland Falls six to four. Trevor Steffen, uh, another blown game by this bullpen. We're going to come back and talk about Tra- uh Tanner Bybee's place in history. Uh, kind of dig into those numbers as we found out he is going to be done to the air on today's episode of lockdown guardians It's what happens with a one-man show people sometimes you uh You forget to turn off the loop. But what I cannot forget about is our fantastic sponsor, LinkedIn. Are you struggling to close deals? Go. Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. The organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive high quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day, that's right, 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on to get started. And this is your reminder for the rest of the series. If you want to check out a game, use SiriusXM XM radio, just type type guardians in and they will you'll take it right to the contest. So let's talk about Tanner Vibe. it was announced that his hip issue is going to end his season. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? I am pretty sure that we can safely say that he could have pitched if this team was competing. Uh, I think I can state that <laughs> it this didn't have to be a shutdown. Um rumor mail was that I he was expecting to make another start or two. And instead they're like, well, you know, we're gonna pull up an extra reliever and this ends his season. And it stinks because he was he was doing some historical things this year for Cleveland. And it's it's kind of a shame to see his season end as early as it did just because what he has done, like if I go through and look since nineteen 19- 1900 like the top you know war seasons by pitchers he's he's 10th and he is about 30 innings below the next closest guy and there's only two guys on this entire list who have less than 200 innings pitched as the top rookie performers Uh, i mean you got someone on this list who threw as many, many innings as as tanner and another guy on this list combined But we'll we'll talk about that list in a second, but just that's how good he has been this year. We can debate if you're a fan of the team, if you want him to finish high in the rookie of the year or not. Because again, since he came up later in the year, he does not have a full year of service time. But if he finishes top two, he gets a full year of service time. Uh, No matter what, the nice thing is, he will be getting extra money from that group fund for overperformance, just like Stephen Kwan got a year ago. Um, and multiple other players who are still arbitration eligible. He's going to get a nice chunk of change with this performance this year. What stinks is, you know, he wasn't with the team from the start of the year. Like they would have a good chance of getting an extra first round pick uh, if he had started the year at the team with as good as he has been because he came up pretty early. I mean, what really changed? And and if you go back and listen to our episode with Andre Knott, you listen to some of the other things. It felt like they were intentionally trying to hide Bybee from Tito, because he would have wanted him on this team, probably in the fifth starter spot. Because I think everyone was kind of tired of Plesak. Uh, but they wanted to, you know, try to recoup value, which makes sense. If Tanner had been up at the start of the year, though, we're likely discussing a it's not not the greatest season ever by a Cleveland rookie starter because no one's going to beat Herb Score and uh, what he did in '55, where he had 227 innings, 33 starts. Uh, and 4.4 war. Now, the interesting thing with that data is 9.7k per nine is high for lefty, but 6.1 walk per nine is also extremely high. He walked a ton of batters. Uh, but uh, you know, Bybee's at three war, he could have made a run at that if he had had a full season to pitch in the big leagues. So he is going on the disabled list now they didn't announce 60 day disabled list which is interesting so if he gets added to the 60 day that's going to make it easy when they inevitably add Bieber and or McKenzie it's very clear that one of those guys if not both maybe those two will piggyback and they'll get both get called up and 99 and someone else will get sent down we'll have to see how they're going to handle it but unless they add him to the 60 man they're going to have to still designate two players for assignment and I'm very curious to see how that plays out because again at the end of the year You know, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, Cole Calhoun, Cam Gallagher. That's at least five guys, you know, are going to be off the roster. And then you can go ahead and add 99 is someone they're probably going to cut from the 40 man as well at the end of the year. Because until, you know, they're like, okay, let's pull up the only bullpen arm we have. Even though I thought he pitched fine last time when he was up. Frankly, the way Morgan and Sandlin have pitched, I thought those guys should have been down over him. Uh, But I think... You know, for 99, the writing is very clearly on the wall that I don't think he will be back in a year. So you have about six guys and I'll be curious to see how they handle these promotions. But you assume we'll hear about him soonish. I think, you know, by was essentially put on the 15 day disabled list. So it doesn't look they can change that and put him on the 60. But it'll be interesting to track overall what he does uh, in terms of his placement just for this team. But to go back to the historical bent, let's let's talk about this. So the highest war ever belongs, as I said, to Herb score at 4.4. 4. Jim Bagby in 1916, you have to laugh because he threw 272 innings. K per nine of 2.9. It, it's a different era. You know, you got, you got Willis uh, Hudlin in 1927, who is fourth best. 2.21 strikeouts per nine. How about Clint Brown, number nine on the list? 2.27 K per nine. Just a different era uh, entirely. And, you know, I knew Hudlin, I knew Bagby. I did not know Clint Brown. I have to be honest. That that is a name I did not know. Uh, The only one on this list I didn't know, honestly. So one of the interesting things is Tanner Bybee has been the best Cleveland baseball team, Guardians Indians since, right? Now take a second, write in the comments who you think it's since. Who's the last guy that he, you know, had a better year? The debate comes down to Charles Nagy in 1991 because by F war by is at a three and uh, Nagy's at a 3.2 by baseball reference war by at like a 3.5 and Nagy was a 3.2, 3.3. So they're very close on this list. They, for those who don't know that year in 1991, uh, Niggy, and then the next year he'd have a six war, and then it was really kind of like a peak, weirdly. Like he was solid throughout, and he was like the ace of my childhood. But I was going back through those numbers and kind of surprised that he was not as good as I remembered. But he had a uh, 4.64k per nine again, weird. I mean, that's so. So Bybee's at an 8.94, Herb scores a 9.7. The ne- third highest guy in terms of strikeouts per nine, just with the way this has changed, is Mike Garcia at 4.82. Uh, Niggy's. walk per nine, which is an interestingly consistent thing. Like rookie pitchers, uh, Herb's score was over six, but his stuff was just unbelievable. Wes Farrell in 1929 was at 4.04, and everyone else is under three. So how are rookie pitchers successful? They don't walk guys. I think we all know that, but it stands to reason that makes sense. So Nagy, they have almost identical walk rates. Tanner um, struck out more guys. The only reason Nagy has a higher war, though, even by F War is the fact that he threw seventy more innings. Like that's what it comes down to. You give Tanner seventy more innings. You let him pitch this entire year. I, you he would he'd probably at about he might challenge Herb Score. Like Tanner Bybee might have had a chance to have the highest WAR of any Cleveland Guardians rookie pitcher in the history of this franchise. And that says, I think, a lot. I mean, you know who's 11th on the list? Stan Kowalewski, one of the greatest pitchers in this franchise history. Technically, he's tied for 10th with with Tanner, but again, in 90 more innings. What he did this year is phenomenal. It is absolutely record-breaking. He was the best rookie starter this team has had, arguably, in my lifetime. You can make that case. And I don't think we really have appreciated that enough and realized it. Complete list before we go to break. Here we go. Number one, Herb score, 4.4. Jim Bagby at a 4.0. Mike Garcia, the only other guy under 200. He had 175 innings at a 3.9 in 49. Willis Hudlin, I mentioned, is fourth. Fifth, Addie Joss, one of the great what-ifs in franchise history in 1902. He was at 3.7. Wes Farrell in 29 at 3.5. Veen Gregg in 1911 at 3.2. Charles Nagy at a 3.2 in 91. And then we talked about Clint Brown, Tanner Bybee, and Scott Kovaleski. Yeah. In terms of war, it's only Garcia and it's only Herb score. And if you look at overall value, war to innings pitched, then it's, he would be second to Garcia. So it's just that that's Tanner Bybee has been amazing. He's going to finish top three in the rookie of the year, but he's probably even more amazing than you have realized. And just want to take a moment for the Tanner Bybee appreciation. Before we move on, on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. And our title sponsor is Jace Medical. Now, let's talk about them. So I signed up for Jace Medical. They said us the stuff. I'm always excited when they let us try the things. (laughs) Nothing's better than when you get an ad read where the company does not believe in themselves enough to give you a free product, where they're not going to... Jace Medical is a company that obviously believes in what they do and their approach, and they're giving our entire network their product for free because they know that once you try it, you're going to love it. And what is nice is that you're getting ongoing care from their physicians. A doctor goes through and approves everything. I just sit there and talk about like allergies and things like that to make sure that the antibiotics I'm getting would be safe, would not be an issue. And then you get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. I talked about before, I have never-ending sinus problems. I'm looking forward to being able to take antibiotics for my sinus problems. Every time this pops up, it is nice just to have that to not have to wait for a week and a half to when my doctor has an available appointment, not have to deal with, with the long lines when it comes to doctors, we've all tried to call and get in and realize, okay, when can I get in when I'm not working? So right now you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace medical plus an additional $200 off by using the code locked on at checkout at Jace medical. That's J A S medical. Dot com and i want to remind everyone to check out the rest of this kansas city royals series the battle for third place is on the horizon just use sirius xm radio and type guardians in so after this royal series we got two more games i am i the only one who's kind of sad about potentially royal stadium going away Uh, I'm going to go back to, you know, I I didn't own the original Ken Griffey junior baseball, but I had the second one where, you know, Albert Bell was Frank Liberty and I immediately traded him for the Matt Williams knockoff. Uh, I can't remember what his name was, but because that's, that's what happened in the game, you know, Matt Williams game after Albert Bell left, but the Royals and the fountains are just one of those stadiums that always stood out to me. So I'm going to be sad when they, when they move on and get a new stadium, we saw the uh, Tampa is getting a new stadium in terms of news of the day. Orioles on deck. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting series at home. I mean, the Orioles have things to play for. Uh, they, that's it's rough four game set. And then dual off days the week after the two games against the Reds for uh, what to figure out who's going to win the Ohio cup and then the Tigers. And that's what I kind of want to talk about a little bit here with this up and down season. Those three games against the Tigers might determine who's going to finish second in this division might also fig, uh, figure out who's going to have a top 10 pick in next year's draft class. And I know they're so far away, but I'm curious. What do you prefer? Do you want this team to, you know, run out the table as it were and, you know, try to I mean that right now they are so far behind the Twins. I don't even know what the Twins magic number is, but it's got to be very very small do you want to see them put up a fight all the way to the end or do you rather see them lose i'm kind of in this point right now where i want to see the young guys perform well i I want to see you know the the young players continuing to to excel see the guys who've been hurt come back and perform well as well and somehow them still lose (laughs) have games like today where it's inexcusable inexplicable and have them continue to be the most inconsistent team in baseball. And, you know, it, it's, I, this team has not had a top 10 pick since Clint Frazier. And that is why this run has been one of the best, best? one of the best in franchise history. Uh, I was combining great and best into one there. But th- I mean, for a long time there, when I started writing at IBI, it was IPI then it's like, you know, we had Pomerantz into, you know, Clint Fraser into, we had multiple High picks, you know, white was, was in the teens and essentially the will Benson pick is the worst this team has picked during Tito's run. Uh, It's been, it's been nice to see, but if, if this year isn't going to go anywhere, then I think it's, it's time to, to just kind of, you know, put up a good fight. But if you slide back, you slide back Uh, Cleveland, by the way, just one game up on the Tigers. they're not going to get any further back than that. Uh, if they perform poorly down the stretch, if you're wondering just how high they could get, um, like I said, Detroit is only a game uh, separates them, and then Pittsburgh and the Mets are very close to Detroit. It's three hundred winning percentage, and then you got the Angels who lost five in a row. So it's going to be hard to get into that top five range. Uh, you know, it's just St. Louis is your is your low man there uh, because the White Sox, the Rockies, the Royals, and Oakland are so pitiful. You're not getting there. So it's it's maybe you have an outside chance to get up to about seventh in this year's draft. And then, you know, we'll uh, maybe we'll do a live show on the night of the draft lottery uh, since it matters to Cleveland this year. It'll be something interesting to check out, something we haven't really experienced or dealt with. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, sometimes you have to be more lucky than good. And I want to, again, i talking about Tanner Bybee. We have people go back and listen to that show we did with him where he told us two years in a row he thought the Cubs were going to draft him and they passed on both years. And, you know, the draft is the most inexact of sciences, but I I do think that having a higher pick gives you a better opportunity and it gives you more pool money, which is maybe more valuable than actually where you're picking. So I'm just, I'm enjoying watching the last few games, but I'm not getting crushed by this. Uh, I'm just enjoying baseball while it lasts. And that's how I can kind of be one with this inconsistency and where the team is overall and how it does feel like they have blown more leads than can possibly just happen. It's, you know, we keep talking about all the issues they've had this year uh, in terms of the bullpen and games like the one today and just the consistently inconsistentness of this team. But if you go through and look at bullpen ERA, Cleveland's still 10th bullpen war. Cleveland is at least there. They're down to 17th. They've not had as much value uh, in terms of their luck. Their FIP is 13th. It's still a upper half bullpen. And then what's even more interesting, because for as much as I feel like that bullpen gets high use, they actually have the 18th, 18th innings pitched. So, you know, it's a, a very wide brush to paint this team. I will say it is interesting that their K rate is down. We've talked about that. It's been an issue this year. And I think the the bigger issue in the bullpen is for a team that didn't walk anyone a year ago. Sure, they're 12th, but they were top five a year ago, I believe, in both K and walk rate. And now they're 19th in K rate and like 12th in walk rate. It's a very different team in terms of the overall performance. And have the 12th best bat pip. So they haven't even been unlucky. They've been right about league average. So we we'll have to see what happens here. I, I'm curious to see who are you done with Stefan. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'd like to see if he can rebound. If maybe his arm is a little tired. But who do you believe in? Who do you trust in this bullpen going forward? Do you have any trust in this bullpen with what feels like again? It's it's kind of amazing. You f- it feels like the numbers should be worse, right? It feels like they should not be. Uh, you know, tenth in the league in you know the the bullpen era with all the blown games there's been but they somehow were still there which either speaks to how bad bullpens are or it speaks to like cleveland's inefficiency and high leverage situations and maybe that's the stat i need to invent is is high leverage bullpen data and just go through each of these performances and like how many times does a guy give up a a run in a game that is like two or three runs or less it's like Let's find the measure for that. And if you're curious, in the second half, Cleveland is 21st in bullpen ERA. It has shifted, Uh, but baseball in general is not as good in the second half. So they're still like middle of the pack for WAR. (laughs) They're actually 1.3 is 15th, which I believe is about the same. So yeah, bullpen seem to just get worse as the year goes on, I guess. But uh, what doesn't get worse are all their fans out there. And I want to thank you for tuning in on a solo show. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All of that helps. Be an everyday. Uh, make sure that uh, we'll find out how much Justin liked the Jonas game, Jonas concert and go, go guardians go.